It's Wednesday, July 19th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, imploring our own moms to please, please don't try to call into our show with advice, please. Well, honestly, I think we are so far from <laughs> Jesse Waters and his content. I feel like if our moms called into the show, it actually might be fun. Judy, I know you're listening. Hey, mom, I'll call you when we're done, okay? Hi, mom. <laughs> I hope you're listening. <laughs> On today's show, Michigan's Attorney General announced charges for 16 people accused of being fake electors for Donald Trump after the 2020 election. Plus, even internet stars are being affected by the SAG after strike. But first, former President Donald Trump faces a second possible federal indictment. This time, it is over his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Trump took to Truth Social yesterday to say that he received a target letter from special counsel Jack Smith of the Justice Department. Target letters are typically given to subjects in a criminal investigation to let them know that they are facing a potential indictment. It's not yet clear what charges he could face in the case. This has also been an extensive investigation. We don't know what aspects the charges relate to or even how many of them there will be. But it does look like we are heading into round three of Trump indictments just this year. I feel like we need some theme music like dun, dun, dun. Like the drama. Like, and honestly, I only wish his diehard supporters actually cared about all of his criming. But here we go. Let's backtrack for a minute because you mentioned this is round three. Take us back through the other two. Yes. I mean, if this is feeling like deja vu to you back at home, you are not wrong. Trump received another target letter from the same special counsel, Smith, just earlier this year as part of the investigation into his alleged mishandling of classified documents. That was followed up by his indictment on 37 criminal counts to which he pleaded not guilty. That was his first federal indictment, but prior to that, he was also indicted earlier this year by the Manhattan District Attorney over falsifying business records. Just to keep everyone up to speed here, I know there are a lot, a lot of tangents to go down. But in terms of comparison, it's a little bit easier for Trump and his allies to play off the classified documents case as more of a dispute over paperwork. I mean, it doesn't look that way exactly to us or to people who are paying close attention, but it could be played off that way. It's how they're dealing with it. But I think this case will be a little bit harder to downplay in that way. Trying to overturn the results of an election is a big deal. It's something that all of us watched on January 6th. It's a little more salient, I think, in my opinion, than the documents case. Though, I mean, if you saw the picture of the documents in the bathroom, I guess that is also (laughs) salient as well. Yikes. Like, I'm literally looking at this like anybody who has since knows that this is more than a paperwork dispute. But yes, I can guess how these Republicans are responding, including other 2024 contenders. So how have they been reacting to this news so far? They have been pretty predictable in their response. Republicans in Congress have been peddling this faux outrage. They say that Trump is being unfairly targeted. It's politically motivated. All of the usual hits, they're all coming out. This includes the people who directly after January 6th were furious and were angry at Trump and were denouncing him for, you know, <laughs> his responsibility and what happened. Shaking their feeble fists at Trump. Yeah, okay. they, uh, they have all come crawling back. His main competition for the Republican nomination at the moment is coming from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He gave actually a pretty muted response to all of this, saying he couldn't comment on it because he hadn't seen it and that one of his priorities in office is ending the weaponization of the DOJ. So, I mean, not really going after Trump at all there. I mean, basically offering the same thing that pretty much everyone else is saying. Even the people running against him aren't trying to take him to task for this. 
Trump, of course, is furious, but he has also turned around and made this a fundraising opportunity for his presidential campaign. The last time he was indicted in June, his poll numbers and his fundraising got a bump. So we unfortunately have a little bit of that to look forward to. I feel like only in today's GOP can two federal indictments lead to fundraising booms. Like, yikes. Yeah, seriously. But and wild. this isn't even the last of the indictment talk around Trump. Can you give us an update about the investigation out of Georgia about Trump's election interference there? Yeah, seriously, you are right. Three indictments might not be enough here. That indictment could come in mid-August as Fulton County DA Fannie Willis has indicated, but there could be overlap between that case and this one, similar matters being covered. So that will definitely be something to look out for. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be the feature of the summer. Like, how many indictments will Trump get before Labor Day? You know, like, that's the count. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, he's going month for month at this point. In the worst way, making the worst (laughs) news. Other bad news. In today's edition of Your Racism is Showing, Alabama Republican lawmakers have advanced a redrawn congressional map that blatantly ignores one of the few decent decisions to come out of the Supreme Court this past term to create a second majority black congressional district. Back in June, the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to affirm a three-judge panel's ruling that the current Alabama congressional map likely violated the Voting Rights Act as it featured only one black majority district out of seven in a state where 27% of the population is, you guessed it, black. Now, in spite of that ruling, Republicans in the state have advanced a new proposed map earlier this week that fails to include the two required majority black districts. It's giving defiance. It's giving George Wallace. It's giving yet another effort to silence black voters. It's giving baffling because it's like they got very clear instructions and they just didn't follow it. Very bizarre. But what did state Republicans actually change in the map if they didn't add a second majority black district like they were supposed to, like everyone agreed on? Girl, they did the absolute least in this proposed map, and they made a district that is comprised of 42 percent of black voters now. I know Alabama ranks 40th in the nation on math, but these Republicans know that 42% does not constitute a majority. Right. I think one hypothesis that has been circulating in the media is that the Republicans are attempting to test the enforcement of the decision and the requirements of the court's directive. Honestly, I think they're just playing in our faces right now as they attempt to continue to disenfranchise black voters by ignoring this ruling. And that's not a new concept in Alabama at all, to be clear. Alabama has a rep for ignoring Supreme Court rulings related to race. It's like they have their very own playbook of how to harm black people. And that's why I mentioned George Wallace earlier, because he was that hateful white supremacist governor of the state who declared, quote, segregation forever when Brown v. Board of Education was decided. Not to mention, Alabama is home to Shelby County, you know, the same Shelby County at the center of the 2013 case that gutted the Voting Rights Act. And this latest move from Alabama Republicans is strikingly consistent in terms of the state's legacy of denying black people civil rights. Seriously. So how have state Democrats and voting rights advocates been responding to what's going on here. I mean, I can't imagine they're taking any of this well, as they shouldn't be. Right. They're essentially saying that the math ain't mathin'. Democratic State Senator Vivian Davis Figures of Mobile told the Associated Press that the court was clear that the state should create a second majority black district or something close to it. She added, 42% is not close to 50. In my opinion, 48, 49 is close to 50. 
Democratic State Representative Chris England told reporters, quote, the map that we adopted, nobody had any input on. There was no public input on it, not subject to a public hearing. And now it's going to be the map of choice. And Dewell Ross, a lawyer for the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, who argued the case before the Supreme Court, said they will challenge the proposal if it is enacted by the Alabama legislature, telling AP, quote, any plan with a low black voting age population does not appear to comply with the court's instruction. So people are ready to push back and fight this because the voters who sued and won before the Supreme Court proposed a second district where black residents are 50.5% of the population. Nothing less than that. Nothing less. That is what they should get. So what can we expect next regarding this Alabama map? Well, the state Republicans have until Friday to adopt a new redrawn map, and they're showing no signs of backing down from the map that they voted out of the committee along party lines earlier this week. So at present, the map still only includes one majority black district. And given that Republicans control the state house, this map will likely receive another party line vote by Friday. So we should all be on the lookout for another legal challenge if and when that vote happens. But that's the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore's performance wear clothes are designed to look great no matter what you're doing, both in and out of the gym. And they might be the most comfortable pants I've ever worn in my life. Buttery soft, yes. So soft. Yes. I have on one of their cropped sweaters, and it's a staple now. I don't think I'll be taking it off until next week. But don't judge me. <laughs> I won't judge you. And don't judge me for not working out, but wearing comfortable workout clothes. That is, I feel like, required. That's part of the beauty of Viore. On the couch, in the gym, it still works. I look like I work out <laughs> and like I dress cute when I work out. But in fact, I don't do either. And this is just me dressing normally. Comfortably. That's the flex, though, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. So, for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at Viore.com/slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I.com/slash wad. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to Viore.com/slash wad and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. We're big fans of therapy on here, on the show. We absolutely are. Yeah. We absolutely are because, listen, you're going to need it, okay, to mm-hmm. get through this year ahead of us. And so why not check out BetterHelp to give you the the necessary coping tools, you know what I mean, just to be able to keep on keeping on, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. and offers their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee along with free plant consultation forever. Okay, so this weekend we started planting in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some wildflowers. 
we're also doing some trees we bought from Fast Growing Trees. I would love to tell you what kind of trees they are, but I have already forgotten as soon as I bought them. However, they look great, and I'm very excited to have a backyard that makes it look like I know what I'm doing. Listen, I love fast growing trees because these plants that I have now bought over the last couple years of them supporting this show, I would like to report they are still alive. Okay. And so I officially have a green thumb. You thanks do. Thanks to fast growing trees. That is very impressive. <laughs> to keep them alive that long is very, very impressive. Right now, Fast Growing Trees, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Michigan's attorney general yesterday announced felony charges against 16 people who allegedly acted as fake electors following the 2020 presidential election. They are accused of signing documents falsely stating that they were, quote, duly elected and qualified electors and declared that former President Donald Trump had won Michigan in the election. Of course, we all know he did not. Go figure. The group includes Mashawn Maddock, a Trump ally and former co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, as well as Republican National Committee member Kathy Burden. Each of the 16 defendants face eight felony counts, including conspiracy to commit election fraud and forgery, and if convicted, could spend up to 14 years in prison. So you could say this is the finding out phase of their very well thought out plan. I love it. Seriously. The news came a few hours after Trump said he was notified by the Justice Department that he is a target of their investigation into his bid to overturn the results of the 2020 election. In addition to Michigan, so-called alternate electors, as Trump's allies like to call them, also tried to swing the results in six other States. They are coming for them. This is my favorite song. I love the sound of these charges. Keep them coming. <laughs> it's what they deserve. So I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad one bit. Nope. An American soldier is now believed to be in North Korean custody after the Pentagon said he, quote, willfully and without authorization crossed the demilitarized zone separating North and South Korea. According to officials, private second class Travis King was supposed to board a flight back to the U.S. on Monday to face disciplinary charges after he spent two months in a South Korean prison for assault. Even though military officials took him to the Seoul airport, King managed to ditch his escort and ended up joining a group of tourists headed to visit the heavily guarded border with North Korea, which is over an hour and a half away. King arrived at the border village of Panmunjom Tuesday afternoon and, according to witnesses, suddenly bolted across the border. He's the first American known to be detained in North Korea in nearly five years, and his detention comes amid heightened tensions between the U.S. and North Korea, especially as North Korea has been testing increasingly more powerful long-range ballistic missiles in recent weeks, including one that landed in the ocean near Japan just yesterday. Yikes. This is okay. escalating. Big yikes in many ways about this headline. I... This guy. Also his escort. Like, how you lose somebody in the airport? Clearly, he very much chose to do this. Like, this yeah. wasn't like it happened by accident, which yeah. is why I'm like, uh, you good? 
I don't know if any disciplinary action that he would be facing would be worse than whatever he's facing over there. So unsure why he made that choice. <sighs> Texas state troopers working for Governor Greg Abbott's border security initiative were given instructions to push migrants back into the Rio Grande and even deny them water in the extreme heat. That is according to an email obtained and reviewed by the Houston Chronicle. The message reported multiple instances of migrants getting caught or injured by razor wire that has been strung for miles along the Texas border city of Eagle Pass, as well as a wall of floating buoys installed in the Rio Grande to act as a border barrier. We'll spare you all the details, but in his email, the officer detailed four incidents in just one day where migrants were seriously hurt or stuck in the wire. The trooper also went on to describe the so-called deterrence as traps, saying that they could force migrants into a situation where they are more likely to drown. This is, um, as a reminder, human beings that are being discussed mm. at every point in here. It is horrific. In the email, the trooper also called for policy changes to better protect migrant safety, including removing the razor wire wrapped barrels in the river and ending the order to withhold water, writing, quote, I believe we have stepped over a line into the inhumane. This is the line? Yeah, this? I believe the line is pretty far back there. You uh, crossed that a while ago. I mean, I'm thinking of people on horseback with whips hitting migrants, but okay. Also, when your own state troopers are like, Governor, you've gone too far. Like, really? But this is who Republicans keep electing. You know, the xenophobic extremist idiots who want to harm people and target pregnant people and babies and push them back into a river. Okay. <laughs> The union representing striking Hollywood actors says internet influencers need to think twice before they hype up any upcoming movies or shows this summer. Under new strike guidance issued this week, SAG-AFTRA says influencers, even if they're not members of the union, should not accept any promotional work from the studios for the duration of the walkout. For those who don't know, SAG has allowed social media content creators to join the guild since 2021, but non-union creators who hope to join the union someday could be barred if they cross the digital picket line by producing any branded content for studios or streaming platforms, which are reportedly turning toward influencers to do their PR for them since actors and writers cannot. The guidance, which was released on Monday ahead of San Diego Comic-Con, also specifies that content creators shouldn't even cosplay in characters from movies or shows made by the major studios. So whether or not you've got a sad card, you'll have to wait to show off your sick Barbie look. Like, instead, maybe join the picket line? Consider doing that? Seriously. However, the union says that influencers can still fulfill any existing contracts they've signed with brands, but they can't enter any new agreements in the meantime. Listen, people, do not violate the digital picket line. Go and support these actors and writers because that's the best thing to do. Support workers, period. RT. RT. And finally, the Food and Drug Administration has approved a new antibody to protect newborn babies from RSV. The drug, which will be sold under the name Bifortis, isn't a vaccine, nor is it the name of a transformer, apparently. <laughs> it is a ready-made antibody that binds to the virus to keep it from infecting healthy cells. RSV is a relatively common virus that infects breathing passages but can turn into pneumonia and other serious problems in the most severe cases. It is the leading cause of hospitalization for babies under a year old in the U.S. every year. And up until now, children were generally forced to fight off infections on their own. Last fall and winter, RSV cases swamped emergency rooms, leaving parents on higher alerts of the virus. 
Dr. John Farley, director of the Infectious Diseases Office in the FDA's Drug Division, said that the drug's approval, quote, addresses the great need for products to help reduce the impact of RSV disease on children, families, and the healthcare system. This is an exciting development, I think, especially for... Those parents of really young kids. I, last year, felt like everyone was going through it. Yeah. So hopefully this makes the season a bit easier for everybody. Yeah. Protect the babies. Hopefully more research is going so they can get something for toddlers, too, because this is a big deal. And yeah. we know it's going to be ridiculous this fall, just like it was last fall. So cheers for more. You know, this is great. Antibodies. Yay. <laughs> yes. Cheers to science. Thank you to everyone who made this happen. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. The first debate among the 2024 Republican candidates for president are coming up next month. Yeah, literally um, (laughs) hiding behind my hand right now. Yikes. And if you are already exhausted just from hearing that sentence, we don't blame you because we are right there with you. Right. But you should definitely listen to the latest episode of Stuck with Damon Young because Crooked's vice president of politics, Shaniqua McClendon, has some great tips on how to stay sane, focused, and politically engaged in the year ahead despite all this going on in the background. You can hear this and other great conversations on Stuck with Damon Young. New episodes come out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, throw some bombastic side eye towards Alabama, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just target letters from the Department of Justice like me... What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Juanita Tolliver. And, and save, save the Barbie, Barbie cosplay for later. later. Unless you're like a regular person, you're allowed to do it. It's just the influencers. Yes, just the influencers. Regular people can still go to the movies, but let's just wait for all that other stuff until they decide to pay writers and actors. Yeah. Because that's the goal. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla. Raven Yamamoto and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. Our intern is Ryan Cochran. And our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.